0: Thank you for downloading the PR Week, PR Week's weekly podcast. For more podcasts as well as breaking news, visit PRWeek.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the PR Week, PR Week's regular weekly roundup of everything that matters in the world of PR and communications. My name is Steve Barrett. I'm the editorial director, of PR Week, going to guide you gently through another show. And uh, we've got Sabrina Sanchez co-hosting with us this week. Sabrina, great to have you on the podcast again. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Pleasure, as always. Drowning in Super Bowl content right now.
1: Yes. um, Lots of stuff to discuss today. Maybe we'll have a quick chat about the Super Bowl and whether we like or understand the Budweiser Clydesdale uh, ad that uh, we mentioned. Because Sabrina works across PR Week and our sister title campaign. And we have a great guest this week. It's Una Polizzi, who is the Global Head of Corporate Affairs at Kindrill. Una, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Sabrina. It's great to be here. Thanks for
1: having me. Yeah, looking forward to chatting about Kindrill and the spanoff of IBM last November and uh, now a totally separate business. So looking forward to chatting about that. We'll also get into current affairs, lots of media crisis and sports-related crisis stories this week, whether it's Jeff Zucker at CNN, Spotify, Joe Rogan, ABC and Whoopi Goldberg. The Washington team has rebranded. I know Una's been living that a little bit, as uh, with uh, family connections to the team um, in terms of supporting it and, and uh, being based in DC. And some big people news this week: Jim Hughes taking over at C- a CEO, at Trail Runner David McCullough new role, Finn Partners made another acquisition. We'll find out about that. Pan Communications has restructured, and the big news of the week: Pets in PR. PR Week's new feature the pets that helped communicators get through pan- the pandemic we'll talk about that and our cover contest for our women of distinction issue um, but uh, yeah let's first chat to you Una. for those who don't know tell us in a, give us the potted sort of apartment um elevator self. for Kindrill. yeah what what is the company it span out of ibm but tell us tell us what Kindrill is
2: Kindrill. um we we spun out of ibm in November. I, we're a $19 billion spinoff. Uh, it is the world's largest IT infrastructure services provider. So think of it, we, we we operate with around 90,000 skilled professionals in over 100 countries. Um, and we work really closely with industries and business that drive and keep the world moving forward. So you know, we have 75 of the Fortune 100 companies as customers and 4,000 customers globally. And so, so we're quite, um, you know, we kind of like to say we're part of the hearts and lungs of how global commerce operates, um, and so, so that's that's kind of what we are. We, where we're basically an IT services company.
1: Yeah, and it's an interesting dynamic, really, isn't it? Because you're kind of a startup, but you've got that nice cushion of, well, like you said, $19 billion of revenue, 90,000 employees. So you've kind of got – you're a supercharged startup in that you've got a jump start. But on the other hand, you've got all the legacy stuff. So as a communicator, how have you been sort of navigating that and plotting the the PR strategy?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know – there are advantages and disadvantages, Steve, and this is something that anyone who's interested in would kind of recognize the challenges and the opportunities there. I mean, we like to think of ourselves as a startup at scale, which, which is what we are. And we're establishing our processes and, you know, a media clips um, capability. I mean, just even the basics of running a communications um, uh, department. But there's a lot of advantage there. I mean, you know, really, we were very fortunate, very fortunate to get some amazing talent over from IBM. Um, very, very good talent, and we've been able to bring in new talent that have fresh eyes um, on this space. Um, have done some great hiring there. I mean, I, you know, look, I think um, you know, in addition to getting processes in place, you know, getting our story out there. I mean, this is all a build, and I think. When I certainly decided to join Kindrel, the the build element of this was very, very much part of the value proposition, value in terms of the new experience I get to have, the team I get to build. Um, And quite frankly, the people who have come over from IBM and the people who come from the outside are jumping in because they want to be builders of this function in this company. So... It, it's it's you know look it, it can be hard at some level to start from scratch in many ways but you know i think on balance people who are coming to kindle are coming to kindle because they're excited to do that to to join and and, and shake something
1: yeah and one of the people who came over was your ceo martin schroeter who was a former cfo i think of um, ibm and then svp for global markets so Uh, how have you positioned him as the CEO and are you, uh, is that a process which you're going to ease into and do a bit more around that in 2022?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really good question. I I will say that a lot of the work that we do together, and yes, there is external elements to it and, and you you need to show up where you need to show up and, um, build his profile. And, and we, we've certainly done that. And and Martin is amazing with media and, and just, just really a real delight from a communications professional perspective, Um, and a great mentor and boss, by the way. But I, you know, I I think for us, if I'm honest with you, Steve, the, the, the vast majority, I'd say, yes, the vast majority of the work that we've done together has really been around culture, um, and culture change. Um, and I would say those, you know, in the field of employee communications and culture change, and this has really been an amazing experience to kind of get in um, at the beginning and build and shape and amplify and talk about culture and to drive a drumbeat and to do all of those elements. And I Martin is very committed to this. And, you know, I would say, as I think about my 2022 goals, and certainly as I look backward on my 2021 goals, culture is absolutely very very much tops
1: the list yeah so you get that in place and then everything sort of builds from there i guess that's a story we've been hearing yeah, throughout, throughout the yeah. pandemic you know it's it's raised in importance everywhere um but it, especially in this pandemic time how challenging was it um doing all this during a pandemic you know because you launched like you said uh in november so um it must have been a bit complicated in various various ways
2: Yeah, you know, it it was, I I will say that, you know, through rigorous testing and masking and all the things that one does, um, I did spend quite a bit of time kind of with the senior leadership team. The the issue, of course, is that, and and the issue is the opportunity, is that you pull together a new team, and it's it's a team um, that is from the outside. We have a new CFO, new CHRO from the outside. I'm, of course, from the outside. Um, you've got people who have been at IBM and left and come back. Obviously, um, Martin fits that profile, as does Ellie Keenan, our group president. Um, my, you know, and so then there's also the, the 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 IBMers, you know, who who have come over. So it, it's how do you get even from a leadership team perspective, three groups of people with disparate experiences, but but rich experiences to come together and and shape this thing. And so, yeah, I mean, I think we had a bit of a, a hybrid model, and obviously there were times when we couldn't travel and do all of those things. But on balance, we did try to bring small groups of people together to help shape it.
1: Yeah, that's uh, it's. we've spoken to lots of people who've, you know, started jobs and only just met the CEO after a year or stuff like that. So it's, yeah. interesting, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, well,
2: just, just sorry, a word on that, though, Sticky. You know, I, I do think that, you know, I think we've had to all change. And, you know, so for instance, for example, um, you know, uh, Martin spends time with groups of new hires, which is maybe not something he would have considered before, you know, this uh, COVID scenario. Um, He does monthly sessions with new hires and, you know, executives and non-executives and talks about culture, talks about strategy and, and appears in ways that I... I think, um, certainly are unique from his previous experience, you know, at IBM. Um, And so I think we've had to, to your point, you know, taking to one side what the leadership team has done, we've had to think differently about the tools that we deploy from a communications perspective and how we get our message across, how frequently, all of those things that communicators deal with all the
1: time. Yeah, yeah. Now, you've got your financials at the end of this month, and uh, I think you're then going to move to a March-April financial year. Um, I guess the markets are looking for, okay, we're established now. We'll have the first results, you know, the financial year results. Are you going to be looking at sort of detailed presentation of plans or establishing the Kindrel narrative now and looking a little bit more externally now that the sort of culture is – Underway. I mean, I'm sure it takes a long time to build culture. Oh yeah, I
2: mean, but, culture is going to be omnipresent. You know, it's yeah. Ongoing.
1: Yeah, yeah. But what <laughs> what what's your sort of um, plans and strategy regarding that, and sort of really getting out there with the markets, analysts, and, and customers, and saying, right, this is Kindred. This is you know, this is what we're gonna. This is this is what we're gonna do.
2: Yeah, you know, I think we, we we So just even if I look backwards, and I can talk about looking forwards too. But as I look backwards, you know, in 2021, um, you know, we we did try to get out there with, you know, our story. Um, You know, we ran an investor day that my team kind of pulled together, obviously in in partnership with the finance function. Um, And um, we, you know, we have tried, um, and certainly this is led driven by our CEO and CFO to kind of um, use any opportunity we can to talk about Kindrel, the market opportunity that we have, um, the growth, you know, the, the story that we have um, and, and, and really kind of um, help shape, um, you know, how their, their, their perception of us. So, for example, you know, I think coming out of the gate, um, November 4th, is when we spun one week later, we immediately started talking about uh, new ecosystem partnerships that we were building. Um, we started with uh, Microsoft. Uh, we of course um, partnered with Google Cloud, VMware. There's more to come there, and so to really start to use every one of those opportunities to demonstrate that it's a it's a drumbeat um, of um, uh, opportunities to talk about our story. Um, and so so our story is really you know in many ways a story about you know you you kind of this is the interesting thing about spins. You kind of get what you get on a spin. It's the question is, what do you do when once, once you're an independent company and, you know, it, it's, it's really taking advantage and, and, you know, that market opportunity, um, and building the right organizational structure and strategy to help deliver that or, uh, kind of take advantage of the total addressable market. So our teams are doing that. You know, we, we, um, we, we are very, um, we're focused certainly on our fourth quarter, but I would say that, you know, we've taken every opportunity we can to talk about our our, our strategy.
1: Yeah, no, and some of the commentary I've seen around Kindrel, I've seen that one of the advantages is uh, not being part of IBM now. you You're not tied to IBM, so you can sell anyone's products, and that – the analysts seem to like that, right? That you can ex- expand your range of consultancy, consultancy and opportunities to bring in more of the market. Is that something you're going to be emphasizing a bit moving forward?
2: Yeah, I, w- I would say this, you know, we loosely call it freedom of action, um, yeah. which sounds very high highfalutin, but But basically it is that. It is our opportunity to partner with other cloud providers, um, you know, our customers, which allows us to basically work with our customers in different ways than we've worked with them in the past. Um, I, I, would, I would also say that the freedom of action, if you will, also allows us to invest in skills and talent and education in a way that um, maybe we were not able to do um, as part of kind of um, as, as a business within a larger organization, um, and so, you know, we can kind of put our our strategy on the table. Um, we can have the partnerships that we want to have. We can make the investments that we um, need to make in order to drive growth and value for the for for shareholders and employees and, and customers. And and we can do that. Um, and so that that's kind of been that's kind of the big. That for me is, um, you know, so again, this is probably not unique to spins. I mean, that's kind of the point of probably many spins is that it's, you know, you're free to do these things, but certainly that is a big freedom for us.
1: For sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Now, from a per- personal point of view, you've had a great career in, in at city and uh, you came, you had a decade at GE. Uh, like many communicators, you're part of that uh, group of people who, you know, really worked under Gary Sheffer there and Gary in the Sheffer
2: GE. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good word. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. had uh, time, I think, in the Clinton administration, Department of Public Affairs. So, Tell us about those skills that you're bringing in, that experience, and how you're deploying that now that you're, you've got the you know global lead job at Kindrel.
2: You know, I am, um, it's funny, I have these discussions with maybe younger folks on my team, or maybe not younger, but earlier in their careers, and younger, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and, my, you know, I think some people kind of walk into, um, their roles, you know, from an early age with a very focused, I'm going to be CCO of a fortune 100 company or something like a very clear path. Um, I will say that I probably didn't do that. I I probably was a collector of experiences versus kind of, you got to do this to get to this, to this, to this, you know, to the C suite, um, kind of team. Um, and, you know, as a result, you know, I, I, started out, Pretty much in government, and um, spent time in the Clinton administration. First at the White House, and then at Treasury Department, which is incredibly formative with some really amazing people uh, under Secretary Rubin and Summers. I ve- was very lucky to have a front row seat to a lot of really interesting things during that period of time. You know, I, I moved to London, um, at, you know, with my fiancé then husband, um, who was a reporter, and I worked at City and. I decided I was offered basically the option of taking a a media job or I could uh, help them establish CSR. And I just thought that that CSR role sounded like a lot of fun. (laughs) Just jumped into that. Um, And then when we came back um, to the U.S., I mean, it was, you know, project work and then eventually to the World Bank, which, again, I, you know, it was, again, a different experience. And so through time, it's kind of been, oh, I, you know, I've had kind of multilateral experience, certainly the world bank uh, period government experience. And then this corporate experience with two amazing companies before coming to Kindrel, um, GE and city. And, and obviously, you know, 11 years at GE and and under the tutelage, if you will, of really great CCOs, including Gary Sheffer and dear to I mean, it, you know, it, it, it was incredibly formative and, and helped develop me. But, but again, I probably didn't join GE to try to be Gary Sheffer, but even though he was amazing and I try to emulate him in many ways, but um, it was more, Oh, that sounds like an interesting thing to do. I think I'll go try that kind of thing,
1: yeah.
2: um, which probably isn't the answer you hear from everyone, but certainly my experience.
1: Well, we're looking forward to seeing how uh, you deploy all those experiences at Drill And, uh, yeah, wish you all the best with the task moving forward. And, uh, yeah, great to hear about it. And we'll get you At Notified, we champion the corporate storyteller. We empower public relations and investor relations professionals with the tools and technologies to tell your story powerfully, effectively, and flawlessly. Flawlessly. Relied on by more than 10,000 global in-house and agency teams, we enable you to stay in control of your narrative with a suite of award-winning solutions and dedicated editorial and customer service. Notified. 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 Your story goes here. To learn more, visit Notify.com slash PR Week. Amplify your story. Notify.com slash PR Week. Your input on the news stories, of which there are many, as always. Sabrina, let's talk about... I mean, this isn't really... These are crisis media stories, really, aren't they? They're in the media sector, but they're crisis com stories at the end of the day. Jeff Zucker uh, has resigned today as we record this. There's the Spotify Joe Rogan... Um, Situation and then ABC putting Whoopi Goldberg on a two week sort of hiatus. So, talk us through them, Sabrina.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I will start with um, CNN. So, CNN President Jeff Zucker resigned today. Um, and, you know, he said that it was because he failed to disclose an office relationship with another CNN executive um, and former aide of Andrew Cuomo. And, um, you know, basically in his in his memo that he sent to staff, he basically said that um, he was asked about that relationship when there was a probe investigation into Chris Cuomo, um, but he failed to disclose it. And so, um, you know, it seems that he's decided to own up to it today. Um, And so he's talking about it now. And he came out and, you know, admitted uh, that relationship and, and has now chosen to step down.
1: Yeah, that was with uh, Alison Gollist, who is someone uh, Zucker has worked with for two decades, firstly at NBC, and she, she was former head of communications, actually, and then has moved up to uh, the uh, head of marketing role. Yeah. And then Spotify and Joe Rogan, and ABC and Whoopi Goldberg?
0: Yeah, no. So uh, the Spotify one is really interesting, too. So um, Spotify has had some pushback in the last couple of days because of um, comments made by Joe Rogan on his podcast. Um, about you know vaccines and COVID misinformation, and so a couple of artists have now decided to remove their music from the platform or their podcast from the platform um, in order to basically disassociate themselves from COVID misinformation. Um, Spotify has responded to that and they've said you know um, that they try to keep an open mind and they try to you know have diversity of content. Um, And that they decided basically to do sort of like a Twitter and Facebook kind of move and um, simply flag COVID information and also, um, you know, have like little blurbs of, you know, uh, factual COVID information. So that's the way they're choosing to respond to that. Um, Obviously, some artists are not necessarily agreeing with that response, but that's the gist on Spotify. Um, And then in terms of Whoopi Goldberg, she's been suspended from The View for two weeks after she made... Some comments um, saying that, you know, the Holocaust was not about race, that it was instead about humans basically um, uh, dehumanizing each other. And um, yeah, so she apologized for those comments the very next day, but she has since been suspended for two weeks.
1: Yeah, there's so many different angles to this, Una. I mean, in essence, they're all sort of crisis communication stories, yeah. but they span media companies, and media companies have many different nuances and layers. And of course, Spotify might have thought, might have been trying to play that card, well, we're not really a media company. But, you know, since you employ they built up the podcast business and they're employing talent. They very much are a media company and they have to be subject to the same standards. And it's interesting to see how they, I'm not, I'm not sort of equating these two cases. It's interesting to see how ABC has suspended Whoopi Goldberg for a couple of weeks, whereas Spotify has been very generic about it and just put sort of content warnings there and has not sort of done anything specific with Joe Rogan although he did do a kind of an apology video on Instagram that you assume Spotify had asked him to do. What as an observer, what, what's your, been your take on all these three stories?
2: Yeah, I mean, there is a thread, um, and certainly anyone who's done crisis communication would would jump in and say immediately, you want to. In these kind of situations, you want to get your facts in the right place, and you want to react and communicate consistently and quickly. Um, you know, and, and all of these have different nuances, of course. I mean, I like I think there's definitely lessons from each. I would I would say. Um, you know, on the de-platforming and I mean this—this this is this Spotify issue. It feels to me will be something that I think could linger for a little bit longer. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, people on uh, Twitter kind of deplatform, taking themselves off the platform. You know, whether that's forever or for a minute, I don't know. But um, you know, I, I do think there's a bit of a tail to some of this.
1: Yeah, because if you've got content. And um, you know, Joe Rogan started his podcast independently, and then was bought out for a significant chunk of money. And I guess when you buy into that, I suppose you have got to uh, slightly change your your shtick, if you like, uh, just to repre- you know, reflect the fact you're now part of a much wider entity. Although the essence of what is popular is the people who listen to Joe Rogan is is what built him up and made them worth buying. So it's it's a really interesting dynamic, and um, it's uh, but. But it's um, the the idea that you can say, well, we're not really a media company. You can't you can't say that. And um, I, I I still maintain that Facebook and Google are media companies as well. You know, and that they have to be subject to the same standards. But uh, really interesting ways um, that the different um, Different organisations have responded there for sure, and lots more to come on that. We'll be, um, I'll be blogging about that this week as well. Try and put some uh, perspective on it, and in, in sports as well, some really interesting developments this week. Sabrina, the Washington team has finally unveiled its rebrand as the Commanders, and Tom Brady has finally retired, although it's kind of broken early. And um, and then, of course, there's the Brian Brian Flores lawsuit, which sounds like really bad news for. the the game of football, but took us through this, especially the Washington team rebrand.
0: Yeah. So um, another really interesting story that broke. So the Washington football team, which was formerly known as the Redskins, the Washington Redskins, has unveiled their new name and they're now calling themselves the uh, Washington Commanders. Um, And, you know, the name was just unveiled, but they said that the process began 18 months ago when the team had announced that after 87 years, it would no longer be known as the Redskins. Now, the reason why they changed the name was because there was some pushback um, on the name and and even the logo, um, you know, because of anti um, Native American sentiment. Um, And so, you know, this is this is a really new direction for them. It has a new logo, uh, has a new name. And, um, you know, they're going to be rolling out some more branding information as um, the football season continues
1: yeah Una you 're based in the d c area I think your husband 's a yeah. Washington fan, so you 'll have been following this narrative. I mean it took a long time didn 't it, and everyone was saying what 's taking them so long but on I mean, they would say well we 've been consulting all stakeholders, which has, which sounds sensible yeah. what's what 's your take on it
2: well I, look i am yeah, I do have a husband who is a die hard fan um generationally by the way, his yeah. father yeah. i mean this is this is a, a religion at some level. To all the Washington sports teams, um, but but in particular, the Washington, well, I guess, the commanders, commanders at this point. Um, I <laughs> look, the franchise, I don't think it's any as a Washingtonian, I can tell you as someone who's in the Washington area. This franchise, it has had a miserable few decades on and off the field. Now, and now is probably a good time for them to reboot. And, and a brand reboot is probably a part of that. From a personal perspective, because I am in the region, I would say that I kind of actually liked the Washington football team uh, as an actual kind of name. There was something kind of interesting about it to me and unique. Um, But, you know, I think there was kind of a push, certainly within that organization, to to give it a give it a brand name in that way. Um, But, yeah, this this is going to be a big story in Washington, Um, and I suspect, I, I suspect it will be a very controversial choice, um, but we'll have to see it play out in the next couple of days.
1: It's not dissimilar. I mean, without the obvious, uh, overtones, which were, which are very unfortunate, but they're kind of relaunching, aren't they? Uh, with a legacy, which is not dissimilar to what you're doing at Kindra. I'm not, I'm not equating them at all, but there there are some similarities there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, well, I guess if you think about trying, trying to kind of completely, yeah. I mean, I guess coming up with a new name, going through a process to get to it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think there's similarities from that perspective and how you get there and the the path that take. I mean, look, I I, I am completely sympathetic, having been um, kind of seen some of the branding. Uh, you know, I, I work very closely with our CMO who, who is terrific and watching that process and being part of it. I will say that it is a complicated process um, and all respect to anyone who goes through that. Um, so I, from that perspective, yeah. I mean, I, you know, look, um, the difference of course, is that we're, we're starting out, coming out as a new company and um, the Washington football team or Washington is um, you know they they they're they're yeah, it's the same thing I, yeah I hear
1: you I hear you I and um, Sabrina Tom Brady he's finally retiring at the age of forty four after an incredibly successful career he the ESPN broke the story four days ago which I'm sure he wasn't particularly pleased about because it sort of shattered his carefully laid plans um, didn't they didn't they
0: yeah that one uh, was pretty interesting I know I was confused at first as well as to what the most accurate reporting was but. Um, Tom Brady has officially retired. He confirmed that. Um, But the story actually broke on Saturday when ESPN reporters Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington broke the news um, that he was retiring after 22 years in the league. After that, though, there was, you know, numerous outlets um, that came out and said, you know, he had not revealed his plans yet and that it wasn't confirmed or that he wasn't entirely sure on a final answer. Uh, you know, two days later, he confirmed it himself on social media, and he he made a tribute. Um, you know, with a couple of posts to the Bucks and his you know 22 year long career. So, um, it is confirmed he is retiring. And uh, yeah, it was interesting how that played out. There was a lot of you know commemorations to him and people wearing their jerseys and saying you know. Um, Congratulations to the goat And then he came out and said Oh it's not confirmed But it is
1: confirmed yeah, uh, noticeably short of mentions of the uh, New England Patriots in his uh, retirement statement. But anyway, that's uh, interesting. Um, you, Una, you would have been at GE when uh, the, the move, I guess, from Connecticut up to Boston for the head office was, kind of, yeah, was. came out uh, much earlier than it was meant to. And it's, it's kind, of, kind of similar here. How frustrating is it when a story breaks like that, you know, when you've got all these plans in place that you have to then just pivot and sort of, uh, you know.
2: Well, you know, I think every good communication person is also preparing for the week. Um, and so, yes, I mean, you have a very deliberate, beautifully orchestrated process where you've lined up, you know, the local leadership, you know, you reach out to the Senate, the House, you got the, you know, you're engaged, with the mayor's office, bringing in customers, you've got a whole employee plan. I mean, it's beautifully laid out. But then you also have the leak strategy, which is <laughs> a little bit more truncated. And you try to hit as many of those variables as you can and, the, and then kind of catch up as you can. So um, I, I, do, I, I, do, um, I do hear how that works. I mean, I do think so. I mean, you know, once the cat's out of the bag, so to speak, sorry for that reference, but <laughs> once <laughs> you're out there, it's, you got it. You kind of have to figure out how to make it work for you.
1: Yeah, he, he, uh, and Brady, I think, just went with it on the the timetable he had. But, uh, yeah, I think you had to pivot more quickly because there's uh, hundreds of thousands of, well, tens of thousands of jobs uh, and people involved. But uh, interesting stuff that every communicator has got to have, got to yeah. be prepared to pivot and be agile. And then we've talked about that a lot before. Sabrina, as usual, lots of people news this week. Jim Hughes at uh, Trailrunner and David McCullough, a former communicator of the year at PR Week, has got a new new gig.
0: Yeah, so uh, let's start with Jim Hughes. So he was just named CEO of Trailrunner International. um, And, you know, the appointment comes as former chief executive Jim Wilkinson stepped into the role of executive chairman. Um, He was previously MD at Trailrunner since it launched in um, 2016. And so, yeah, he's taken on the new role. He previously served as SVP and head of media relations for a citizens financial group. And he also worked at Comcast and CVS health. So he's worked in a number of like corporate communications and crisis roles, uh, but now he's CEO of trail runner. So that's an exciting appointment.
1: Yeah, very much so. Good luck to Jim taking over from Jim.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and then over at tapestry, which is a moonshot project from uh, Google's X, uh, David McAuliffe has been named head of, communications. Um, And so, you know, he's taking on the role. It's a newly created position, and he's going to be responsible for building a communication strategy for Tapestry's development of tools and um, predict energy grid issues, help to smooth the introduction of renewable power, and um, ultimately, you know, do initiatives to help reduce climate change. Uh, So he's joining the company on February 14th. So something to look forward to.
1: Yeah, um, I guess the – did you know David McCulloch when he was at GE?
0: Yeah, yeah, he was at Digital
2: um, digital Power, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah
2: that's
1: right. So he's got, I guess he's got a, not a dissimilar job. He's doing a spin-off from Google, so I'd be interested to see how he does.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff. Um, you know, as my former CFO – uh, or not my former, my CFO now, who has done many spins, has said to me many times, you know, spins are fun. So um, I yeah. wish David the best of luck. This is, this is quite an experience, I will, I will say. And, and um, they're hard, but, but it's such an incredible experience.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Um, more agency news, Sabrina. Fin Partners, yet another acquisition, and Pan Communications has restructured its leadership.
0: Yes, that's right. So, Finn Partners has acquired brand strategy and creative firm AHA, and it's a woman-owned integrated agency, um, and they've had a number of clients across technology, consumer, financial services, B2B. Uh, but with the acquisition, Finn is going to launch a global international communications endpoint engagement practice, um, and it'll operate under the Finn brand name. So, uh, yeah, and terms of the deal, we're not disclosed.
1: Okay. And over at Pan.
0: Yeah, so Pan, on the other hand, is restructuring its comms team. I had a really interesting chat with Phil about that. So the reason why they're restructuring is because
1: that's
0: Phil trying- Nardone is Yes, Phil Nardone. Yep. He's the, the CEO. Mm-hmm. Um but uh essentially they're they're restructuring in order to champion more diversity efforts um and you know just employee retention and so it's the structure will be basically svps will move up to evps evps will be joining the c-suite um, and then you know there there's also been a newly created role for a chief diversity officer uh, so really exciting stuff over there too
1: yeah, so Una, in terms of agency support, how have you approached that at Kindrel and what are you looking for from agencies? You know, we're seeing comms teams kind of restructuring the way they do business, and we're seeing agencies do that as well in response. So, how have you approached that?
2: Yeah, no, we um, we've had tremendous partners as we prepared for spin. Not not really just kind of from a, um, a you know a, a you know a PR perspective. But also from uh, you know very special specialized capabilities if you were will in financial communication, deal communication, that kind of thing. And yeah, yeah. It's new. We worked with SBC. Both have been amazing, amazing partners. We're actually um, we're, we're we have an RFP out actually now for for an agency that's that's going to really help us around the world um, to to really you know help us produce and manage measure internal external communications you know, and really help us bring some innovative thinking and cross-through collaboration, help drive that. So um, we have that going on right now and excited to see what that brings.
1: Oh, an exclusive for the podcast, Una. Thank you. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that will get some agencies interesting. Maybe we can do a little little piece on that. But, uh, yeah, podcast exclusive. All right, let's finish with the big, big news of the week. It's PR Week's Pets in PR initiative and uh sabrina is heavily involved in this and she has her own pet it's basically pets that look we cover all these big serious issues and so we should and we do but hey pets have got us through this pandemic in a lot of cases so we want to uh, give give shout outs to the the uh, the best pets in pr over the next two or three months with uh, showcases so tell us all about it sabrina
0: Absolutely. So first, I just want to say shout out to my dog, who I attribute to uh, single handedly saving my mental health during the pandemic.
1: <laughs> What's um, your dog called, Sabrina?
0: Cujo. His name is Cujo, and he's a he's a tiny little Pomeranian mix with a corgi. So
1: there you go. Yeah, super cute. Posh, a posh dog.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. He's very bougie. Um, but you know, so talking about pets and PR, um, you know, PR Week is going to launch. This series that we're doing where we're going to be highlighting um, PR Pros pets and you know, just having conversations with people about um, you know, their pets, any fun, interesting things, stories that they have with their pets throughout the pandemic, if they got their pets during the pandemic, we wanna hear that story. Um, and you know, it'll be really fun to highlight a lot of these different pets, and it's not just for dogs or cats, it can include, you know, turtles, horses, guinea pigs, whatever animal you have. I know Diana has some chickens. Um, she
1: does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
0: We'll be happy to hear about those. And, um, you know, eventually we're going to hope to highlight some of these pets and, um, you know, put them head to head for a contest and choose the best PR pet.
1: Yes, we are. We've already had one horse submitted. Lots of dogs. We could do with a few more cats, but and others. So, um, looking forward to that. We'll profile one a week. We'll have a, a poll each month, and then we'll have a grand poll at the end of the the, the uh, whole exercise. Una, do you have a pet? Um, Helped you get through kid, the pandemic.
2: Kids and. That's, yeah, I, I, I do. She is a wonderful uh, mutt named Rosie. She is an absolute princess and she is my husband's favorite person in the house.
1: So <laughs> <think> that's, good. <laughs> that's good to hear. That's good to hear. And then we're doing a cover contest for our Women of Distinction issue, which is our March-April print issue. So do look out for the details on that and uh, get, get busy with your creativity if you want to uh, submit to that. And if you want to put your pet forward for Pets in PR, c- contact Sabrina, Diana Bradley, or Alida Stam on the editorial team. They're overseeing that. But, uh, yeah, listen, great to have you on the show, Una. Really enjoyed talking to you about Kindrel, and um, best of luck with moving forward on that.
2: Thank you. Thank, thanks to both of you. This was such a great discussion.
1: Appreciate it. Good to talk. And Sabrina, great to have you on the show again. Yeah, I always. Hi to Kojo. Yeah. Kojo. Sorry.
0: Yeah, he's hardly working right now. He's
1: uh, sleeping. Yeah, but... come on, Cujo. Step it up. We need some uh, We need some more stories from you.
0: You're hard work is <laughs> adorable, so, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a rough life, isn't it? Shall I do it? I know you like my dad jokes, uh, Sabrina. Oh, dear. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. Great yeah, to be you.
1: One of the worst. All right. So uh, don't forget our Healthcare and Pharma Communications Awards. Um, the final deadline for that is the 9th of February, our inaugural w- awards. And we'll be celebrating those on the 10th of May with a half day conference and the awards ceremony. So make sure you get your best uh, submissions forward for that. Our global awards. The last deadline for that is the 11th of February. We'll be uh, uh, unveiling all the winners there in London on the 18th of May. Looking forward to that. And the Brand Film Awards, they're open for entries again. 24th of February is the first deadline. 3rd of March is the second one. That will be a virtual ceremony on the 25th of May. And our agency business report, if you're uh, a PR firm out there and you want to be part of that and you want to be part of our rankings tables, make sure you get your form submitted for that. And uh, if you can't find it, send an email to abr@prweek.com. at prweek.com. But that's all we got time for. We'll see you next time on the PR Week.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the PR Week. To find more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.